0: getting there still still a little coffee and stuffy and everything everybody I know has that right now I know I I think it was completely unavoidable but you know my my thought was I've been on so many flights and I've been through so many airports and I've been around and I was on a seven-day cruise and I was at a theater event and right right one day getting blood (laughs) and i'm sick like three days later so i'm like that is unavoidable at some point the doctor's office (laughs) isn't
1: that interesting you go to the doctor's office and you get sick
0: has to be i mean i was nowhere
1: else and you're probably around sick people there so you know it makes sense
0: Maybe. I don't know. Like, I I don't feel like I was super close to anybody, but just walking around, touching oh, door, yeah. checking in on the touch screen, all that stuff.
1: Do they have the the Purell or the sanitizer when you go to sign in? Because it surprises me. Doctors offices mostly never have
0: that. A few of them do, but. They do. And it's probably on me that I didn't do it because I wanted to do it on the way out. Oh, Okay. Okay, um, but I I I didn't I didn't do it, and I'm I just thought, oh, you know, it, it it had to be. I I can't think of any place else, but yeah, I think it's right now. It's just absolutely inevitable. Like everybody yeah. is is doing it. You Look, know, I love this shirt.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very very retro. My man, I just love him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just love so, him.
1: Yeah. yeah it surprises me though, getting back to that. There's a pen you have to sign in with at a doctor's office. Would it kill them to just automatically have a PureL, a big thing with a pump? Not yeah, a Purell, but... Oh, worse. Yeah.
0: Even worse. And
1: you then I tried to do that
0: like, after I mucked up my fingers trying to do that. It didn't ah. work. So I went up, I went up to the lab and uh I said to the receptionist, like I got called in for blood work, but I don't have any paperwork. You know, I don't have any any she was like, Oh, you okay, uh, you know, they you're it's probably in the system, so you have to go down and check in with the receptionist. <laughs> so I go back downstairs, stand in a line.
1: And then you forget you could touch your eye or something. Yeah, yeah I always do something. That's how that yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. I was well, just... I hope you feel better. Judy's So we're waiting
0: concerned. on uh Jess from uh, the website, makinggaby.com. I took a look at that website. I it's t- pretty interesting,
1: right? around, Yeah, I, I really love the concept. And I just think that, I think it covers all the bases, which is what I liked about it. Adoption, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, fostering. You know, yeah. yeah, fostering, adoption, uh, sperm donating, um, surrogate like everything like it just yeah, it's a nice possible way first, uh
0: like it's a nice place to go if you're mm-hmm. looking for resources you know like what right. do I do how do I you know it's a good first step uh and it really does wow. lead you into all the, the right direction. Hello there.
2: Hey yes. Yes. can you all hear Bye. me now? Yes
0: you fantastic <laughs>
2: Thanks. Yeah, sorry for the trouble. That's weird. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to say about that. But
0: smart thinking, though. Smart thinking. I'm, I'm paying <laughs> Google for the email, so
2: I really they should have it working for me. But
0: no, no problem. No problem. Believe me when I tell you, you're not the first that we right. We, right. we just catch up on life while we're waiting. No problem. Right on. <laughs> Where are you actually zooming in from?
2: I am. In Asheville, North Carolina. Oh. yeah! Yeah. And I listened to um, a recent, one of your recent episodes with um, Kristen Kristen. Thomas Chandler, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Chandler Thomas. I may be reversing.
0: JD and I were just uh, discussing how amazing your website is, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: especially for someone taking the first step that might be a little overwhelmed. Right. You know, it's, it's just the right amount of information about anything to help you streamline your thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. as to what you, you know, I don't, I don't know, because we, my partner and I don't have children, (laughs) JD does not have children, but I know so many people, you know, that want to, and always, you know, it's like, get a dog first, <laughs> Make sure you <laughs> the responsibility then sure. go to making Gaby
2: that's right. that's <laughs> right. Yeah. The level
0: up and decide the level because it is it's um an enormous, enormous commitment, you know,, yes. but it's also, you know, rewarding tenfold. um, but I think that sometimes people might not know um steps, processes um. And then on top of that, like planning, planning, families come in all shapes and sizes now. So can you talk a little bit about what made you start the website, what your hopes are for it, um, you know, what it encompasses and sure. just we'll let everybody know it's makinggaby.com.
2: Yeah, so- it's makinggaby.com. Yeah. um, And I, I actually, um I started it last year. Um, it it kind of has started off a little bit slow. I've definitely taken my time and felt around with, you know, what am I doing and how do I want to do this? Um, but I had the idea for it several years ago. Um, so I have a kid who's four and, um, my, uh, my wife and I spent about seven years, uh, before we had a successful pregnancy. Oh. Um, we spent seven years trying to conceive. So we started trying to conceive um, in 2012 was our first attempt. Um, and so it'll be many more years before my kid is even, you know, as old as we as long as we were trying. Right. Right. But yeah. yeah, um, I think it was probably it was before my kid was born um but you know when he was well on the way that one of my friends said to me like you know you really should like you should you've learned so much through this whole process like you really should get some information out there um so we felt really frustrated um I mean there were several parts of the process that were really frustrating obviously it was not our intention to be trying to conceive for seven years right Nobody sets out going, okay. I really want this to take me almost a decade, you know? <laughs> um, but we were really frustrated with the lack of queer directed information. Yeah. Um, and and I will say that there is more of it out there now than I feel like there was when we were starting our journey. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, whether it's either from the beginning of having like inclusive language um, to even just kind of really showing people options in what I would say is the least biased way. I mean, I would like to say unbiased, but like nobody's really truly unbiased, right? Right? But I feel like when when queer people want to start a family, um you know they think of the they think of the examples of anybody that they know. hopefully they know some people and maybe they have some personal life examples or something. but feel like a lot of people are pushed towards the fertility industry, um, Mm. or adoption, you Mm. know, and it's kind of those two sides, um, which is like, that's great. You know, I think it's awesome if people want to adopt. And I think it's fantastic that the fertility industry is there to help people. And those are not actually the only ways to build a family. Um, you know, even as a queer person, you know, and, um, and so it was part of it was really wanting to get that knowledge out there, not just from the perspective of a fertility clinic or a doctor um, or an adoption agency, you know, really wanting it to come from somebody who had been through the process. Um, so that's really kind of that's what that's what started it. That was the whole idea. Um, and then it's kind of, as I said, you know, taken a little bit of time, I've taken some turns with it, trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. Um, I definitely have some plans for more content coming up. That's going to be a little bit more parenting focused. Um, so, so it's exciting, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it got started.
0: That's awesome. What a story. It, I, yeah, it really is because I know like so many people that are on that path, um, you know, and, and, and everybody has such unique stories, um, mm-hmm. You know about their journey. Like I, when I first moved here, there was a, a couple. Uh, oh, this is so horrible! I forget their name. Whitney, <laughs> and, Whitney and Megan, and they had a site called "What What Wigan is Up to Next" or something. And they were two quintessentially blonde, femmy gorgeous girls. And one was from Britain, and one was from like. Kentucky via Ohio or so, but US based and they journeyed and documented their whole relationship right through getting married and now Whitney lives over here and they and it and it's kind of been like for as long as I've been here because it seemed like our paths were very mirrored you know um but theirs was far more glossy and glamorous you know <laughs> like sponsored and stuff like in that in a Barbie kind of way <laughs> yeah um but the more i learned about them the more intrigued i was now because they're in the process now what's the next step baby um mm-hmm. but um but i just i just think that everybody's journey is is so unique but what i like is your compilation of information is so great for someone that might just have like a little inkling like maybe i want to yeah be- right do a little itty bitty thing you know like maybe maybe and not really know how to classify that because i don't think that i mean you i i mean i watch all chelsea handler's videos and i love she's like so anti-child you know right <laughs> you know a childless woman <laughs> and what yes they like I love, for me, love you know? chelsea
2: handler yes
0: so you know i love that everybody's spin on kids is not the same um, you know, it's it's spectacularly different. Um yeah. but, but I honestly respect everybody's um, you know, choices and 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 stuff like that. So I just I think that um people that even are just thinking about it in the way back of their mind, it's a it's a great place to collect information and make the right choice because yeah. every choice can be expensive, you know wow I, I mean yeah rules of money oh, wow. so you want to make the right choice here okay. you know
2: yeah and that's really the primary goal is like giving people information so that they can start with start with as much information as possible and it's tricky because obviously every different path to parenthood or consideration of that can get really a, be a big be a big rabbit hole right yeah. and um has yeah. the potential to be really expensive so um it can be really overwhelming but yeah that was the goal of um if people really don't have a lot of information um really aren't sure um really don't honestly have like i guess it's like reproductive education for queer people right mm-hmm. um which is not anything that is taught it's <laughs> in right. any but right. in, uh, certainly in any kind of formal education. Um, and and so I think, you know, depending on somebody's personal life story and like when they come out and when they find themselves or whatever, it's like they may just ignore sex ed because they don't need that, you know, because it's like the, the like sex and conception are totally separated, right? Yeah, so, right. but there's true. not really that like, that area of reproduction information or family building information, even if you're not going to go the route of conception. Yes. So, so yeah, that was the, the idea was really to bring it to, um, you know, honestly kind of starting to try to target younger adults in a way. Um, and then also having more, uh, and by younger adults, I just mean, you know, people who don't have a lot of information in that direction yet who are just starting to think about it like you're saying and then Mm -hmm. also having some more in-depth information for people as they get into it more um, or if people are finding the site and they do already know like what a lot of the options are and they just really want to kind of dive into um, tips and tricks and different options within the avenues that they already know they want to pursue and I mean I've learned a lot about things in the process. I obviously brought a lot of my own, um, life story to it, just my own life experience to it. Um, but I also have included a lot of things on the site that obviously were not my path to parenthood. Um, like for instance, adoption. So I've learned a lot along the way of researching and creating the site and kind of with this whole project of, of, um, what the options are for queer people. And it's, it's focused on, I should say, cause I know you're, um, in England, right? It's focused on Damn, the states in Florida. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, um, so yeah, the information is focused on the states. Um it's it's uh. you know, I try to just be really transparent about that. Um, I'm sure there could be some uh, some connections here and there, and I follow several folks I actually follow several folks in um in Britain as well who have, you know, who are in the process of becoming parents or considering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a little bit different because the healthcare system is completely different, right?
0: Completely different. Yes. Yes.
2: Um, but hopefully, it, there's know, some overlapping info with procedures and things. Yeah, know?
0: I think that's the nice thing about what it what it does is lead people to do to further educate themselves. But it's it's like I said, it's such a great first step, you know, to know what your options are, to not be, you know, I mean, I think sometimes especially if you're close with your family and you're taking on everybody's advice, you know, cousins, relatives, and, you know, cause everybody knows somebody that's, that's been on that type of journey. You right. might feel steered to go down a certain route and it might not be for you, you know? And like you said, the language has changed. The options are different. It's, it's not, you know, the, twenty twelve. You know what I mean? Right. So, well I like know. that you I like that you sorry Denise.
2: Oh, go <laughs> you ahead. Go right. ahead.
1: Uh that first of all you were all inclusive with all the different types of ways that you could start a family. And I actually did go through infertility uh or fertility treatments and that, that whole journey, but I was married to a man at the time. So it was a totally that part was different, right. but uh, but so but still, you know, you get to the point like where the whole thing, like you said, where sex and and conception are separate. At one, you know, it becomes that way no matter who you are trying when you when you're in that world of infertility. This is not infertility so much though, so, but it's I guess fertility because it's trying to make a family, and so. Um, I just thought that what you, your information was just so complete and it was so, um, I just liked how well-rounded it was because sometimes, so many times people think that there's only like one or two options and there are so many different ways to have a family, um, that not a lot of people, I think, uh, not everyone is thinking about it from that, that perspective. So I just really like the way you have that on
0: your website that it's so complete um, oh, I'm just going to throw this out there really quick Jess do you find because I do um, that uh, gay men seem to have it a little bit easier like um, a married gay male couple surrogacy <laughs> it seems to be like, like, like surrogacy goes right like you know to them it just it seems like it's the natural step for them um you know finding a baby carrier you know or adoption and i mean i follow so many gay dads um on threads and it their journey seems and and i shouldn't say this because i i there's a there's 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 two men over here that are like reality tv stars and they went through a grueling process like they had mm-hmm. their journey, but she was having a hard time getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So they went through quite the like three year journey or whatever before they uh, were blessed with their twins. But um, I, it just, it just, and maybe they just leave out that part, but it just seems like it's not that difficult um, for, for them to, to take that step to start a family.
2: Well, I think like, yes and no. I mean, I think that um I mean, I also know, you know, several um gay guys who, yes, are either adoptive parents or um or have chosen surrogacy. I think that there are there can be some wrinkles uh, for gay men though. I mean, surrogacy in and of itself is like the most expensive route. Yeah. Um, so you know, the folks who can afford that um and really want to have biological ties to their kids. Right. sure you know in in a certain way that's you know um that's great for them that they have that option and they have that privilege um but there's also a lot of gay men who just simply cannot afford that right right and um and then i think you know even with um adoption like yeah i actually there's there's this really cool um couple that i'm following on threads now that they're doing they happen to be doing international adoption and i don't actually think they're from the us i think they may be from Uh, England as well but but they um you know and that's that's like an option but like hey international adoption is also really expensive on the on the in the realm of adoption that's a more expensive option um I think that um I certainly do not mean to single out gay men in this way but I just happen to be um messaging with someone about this I do know that for uh For some men who want to have biological ties to their children, um, if they're HIV positive or if they ever were HIV positive, um, that presents a challenge uh, for them to um, to safely conceive. And there are ways that that can be done, uh, but there's it ends up being um, there ends up potentially being legal challenges um, to that or, um, you know, some regulations that may bar them from uh, from basically uh providing their sperm to a surrogate for pregnancy you know um they
0: just they can barely uh, donate blood you know yeah
2: Yeah. and and there are also um there are also like uh, with the different you know hiv medications it's a little bit of a different story now um for a lot of people who uh don't have it in any kind of transmissible levels anymore or it's not detectable um there's also certain ways that from what i've read and i will say that i need to do more research on this um, to be able to say confidently, so like I am not saying this as a doctor, but there is a way that you can um, you can wash sperm uh, to remove uh, so that you're removing parts of the semen so that it is actually then safe because any potential virus is removed from it. Uh, but obviously that's a different step, and if that's a consideration, then that needs to be um, something to be accounted for. But I mean, I do think in a certain way, I think you're right that gay men there are less options for them. So there's less to choose from, you know, in that way, they're either going to go the route of surrogacy, or they're going to go the route of adoption. Whereas I think for, uh, you know, women or people with ovarian anatomy who are interested in conceiving, um, there are a lot more options. And, you know, would- do you want to try at home? Do you want to go the fertility route? Do you want to do IVF? Do you have insurance that would cover that? you know, do you want to work with a midwife? Like there's a lot of different options, you know, or do you want to set that all aside and be an adoptive parent? Um, So there are a lot more um, questions to that. I will say though, that I think that gay men still, especially, you know, men who are in, like men who are specifically in relationships with other men, I think that they still face more of a social stigma of being parent. Yes. right? That I don't think that Lesbians or femme identifying people face in that way. Um, you know, yeah. like after the kid is there, they get more looks and comments and and things, um, you know, yeah. just from the people that I know. So I think that's kind of the flip side of that right, um, right. that challenge
0: I thought I really thought with modern family, you know, I really thought that that, that was so groundbreaking you know back then and to show that some of the challenges and some of the things that they faced even though it was on such a comedic level um you know but and so lighthearted it it still was a great way to have it on network television Yeah, uh, you know for as long as it was and to be as successful as it was um you know i i i, I thought things would would change faster more See that?
1: That's interesting because I thought that I would have thought the opposite. Like it would have been easier for women. You said, Denise, you thought it was easier for men, right, to, to do this. And I was thinking, is it easier for, would it be easier for women? Because you have the anatomy, like you said. So if you could get a, a sperm donor, you can even do it at home. Like you said, like, if you want to. Do the turkey baster route which I just watched Nuclear family have you seen nuclear family no. on HBO? I have not really Oh, you should watch it and you
2: check it out.
1: yeah it's a documentary made by the uh, created by because the girl is now a filmmaker a documentary filmmaker. Um, she herself was the um, the daughter of two women who had sperm donors back in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were two women that were a couple that decided they wanted to start a family. And they decided they wanted gay men to be the donors because mm-hmm. they thought it would be easier that to find a gay man willing to do that, that better than a straight, more than a straight man would be willing to do that. And they each got separate donors because they didn't want the children to be related in any way to someone else when they couldn't be tied to them genetically so the one girl they both had had children they both had a daughter and the first girl the first daughter the father really wasn't in the picture too much but where it becomes complicated is the second the other woman that had a child with a different man he decided when the girl was nine years old he wanted to be part of her life Mm. and now they didn't have they never thought about doing legal action initially because they didn't think he'd be interested you should really watch it so anyway that that girl now is in her 40s and she's a filmmaker and she made this documentary on her story and the battles they went through because we're talking about the 80s and the 90s
0: yeah
1: was so different because even women who where lesbians say they were married to men and they have children, and then they're divorced and now they're with a woman, they were actually losing custody of their own children back then, yeah. because they're because of they were living a lesbian lifestyle. So it's you would probably really be interested to see that
0: because I'm thinking about that as you're talking about this. Sure. And they they like did the, in the eighties. It was like you didn't think about the legalities, and <laughs> now it's the first thought. Yeah. It's like the and very was, first thought, you know. The like, first thought. Yeah. Like, let's get all this, you know, taken care of. Um, you know, and and it I, I think that too, Jess, I'm sure you can attest, is complicated and and um finding the, the right person you feel comfortable with representing you as your lawyer to put together exactly what you want and then hoping <laughs> That you well, know that it that it go goes through, like it's it really seems complicated,
1: well, what made this more complicated the story is he was a very high powered lawyer mm. oh, God. Uh, and so he really you know went at them and really yeah. played that role of you know the almost like the divorced dad right. and wanted to to have uh, custody, partial custody of his daughter. But the interesting thing is that back in the 70s and 80s, which is when these women were trying this, they had this little pamphlet. They didn't think it was possible to have a family back then, gay families. And their friend uh, lived in California, and she found this pamphlet that was made by two women um, showing you how to do it with the turkey baster route. And that's, and they actually explain to you, and they actually have some footage back from the seventies of the women that, that made this, um, that wrote this book and they're explaining how you do it and everything. And so then you take the, you put it in an artichoke jar and then you put that in a sock and you have to keep it close to your body and keep it warm. It's it's so interesting. Right. And so that's how they actually did it. So that's for women, it might be sometimes easier in that way that they have, part of the anatomy, like you said, you know, they have the, the ovarian and the uterus, uh, anatomy, a, part of it. Right, right. but yeah. Yeah. So I that's mean, an
2: interesting, I wonder if that is, um, I wonder if that pamphlet is maybe the origin of the turkey baster method phrase, you know, I'm, key. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I will definitely it. have to check out, um, yeah. check out that documentary Yeah, nuclear family. It's okay, great. cool
0: episodes it's only three episodes. Me. and, and just how do you find that um uh like a, a tr- trans couples um are you know like if, if one of them is is trans are the obstacles even harder
2: um I mean I think that it depends on well let me pause for just a second before I get into that I definitely want to talk about trans fertility but um before we jump into that just to hop off of something that JD was just saying So the interesting thing about legality, which I talk a little bit about on my site, is that I think that that has shifted through, shifted over time. You know, like you're referencing that documentary where, um, as you said, people in the 80s didn't think about it and and you think about it immediately now.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But
2: when the rise of sperm banks happened um and more people started to conceive that way uh not even necessarily with the turkey baster method but as the fertility industry grew right. um everybody started with you know anonymous donors and um i have some friends who uh gosh i think it was close to around 2000 the year 2000 um actually did something that you're describing they were a lesbian couple they had some friends who were a gay couple um they kind of made a somewhat handshake agreement. I don't know how legal their agreements were. Um, luckily they didn't have any issues as you kind of referenced about from that documentary. Um, but the, this, the gay couple, they were happy to be the uncles, you know, and that worked for them. That worked really well. Um, but I think that one of my concerns personally, mine and my wife's concern was, um, the story, like what you're referencing of, of people coming after, um, you know, potentially coming down the road looking for a parental custody. There have been a lot of court cases around that. And you hear you used to hear stories about that even more. Um, and so I think the sperm banks really started pushing anonymous donors. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing is that now there's this whole group of donor conceived people, donor conceived adults now, because they might have been born in the 80s. You know, that's kind of like 70s and 80s is I think really when that started to happen more even has even increased over time um and it's actually you know enough people now that they're their own community and they're advocating for their own rights which is something that I've really been looking into a lot more and the interesting thing about that is that it kind of turns out that like that push towards completely anonymous donors it also has its own pitfalls right it also has its own risks you know um kids not being able to have any kind of, um, knowledge of their genetic parent, um, not being able to ever contact their genetic parent. If it's, if that person was completely anonymous and totally understanding from the recipient parent's perspective, that they would want it that way for the very reason that you just talked about, you know, for, to, to know that you have custody and because, um, queer people, you know, as you mentioned, lesbian women would, um, would have custody taken away, you know, even as you said, even children that they gave birth to from heterosexual relationships, and then they came out as queer and then they lost custody of their kids. I mean, that, that definitely happened. That wasn't just like a, that wasn't just like a one-off thing that, that happened to unfortunately many people. And like, so as I understand why people went the direction of anonymous donors, people, the community, not quite so much the fertility industry they're they're coming around but this whole donor conceived community um especially now that there are so many that are adults are really pushing for no like it's best for the kid to have some ties but you have to strike that compromise you have to have the legal uh you have to have the legal paperwork in hand so that the parentage is um So it's established who is responsible for the child. So people are not afraid of custody being taken away. They're not afraid. Even donors are not afraid of of having people come after them for child support or something, you know, but that the the kid can have uh, knowledge of their genetic parent and potentially have them in their life as much as they want to. And that's a really touchy subject, obviously, for everybody involved, right? For the kid, for the parents, (laughs) for the donor. Yeah. But that's like, um, to me, that's like a really interesting thing. And I actually have, I'm planning some content coming up about a really that kind of dives into like, uh, I mentioned it in a couple articles on the site, but like really dives into like why why people choose anonymous donors, why people choose, uh, there's a type of donor that's kind of a middle ground that's called a willing to be known or ID open. And that means that the donor is willing to be contacted when the key turns 18, right and right. that kind of gives that mean you know that obviously keeps the custody issues safe, right because right. at that point they're 18 and and or and then the third option is you know a totally known donor, right and that's more of like uh, kind of outside of the realm of buying sperm from the sperm bank kind of thing like actually someone you know and even in that case, it is definitely recommended at this point to to have a lawyer draw draw things up but yeah. it really depends on, where you live, um, what state you're in. Um, and yes, being able to find a lawyer that, that will work with you, um, to, to get those legal documents in place and understanding the laws specifically where you are. Um, and if you move, you have to take that into consideration or or whatnot. Usually it's most important where the child is born, whatever state the child is born in. Yeah. We have to take all that into consideration because, um, you know, it can just be different for every state if there's like some situation where it's a known donor and the donor's from a different state and then yeah. the parents are, you know, it's it can get really complicated. So, um, but that's definitely like a really important thing. I definitely absolutely would recommend if people want to go with a known donor, um, which I do see the psychological benefits for the child with that. Yeah. Um that that having that legal paperwork worked out, you know, is a hundred percent uh needs to happen ahead of time.
0: Yeah, because and- I always think it it all seems so great in theory. And then when the baby gets there, yes. I, I mean I, I and the thing of it is is like everyone has a right to change their mind. And yes. it would just all implode, you know, like like you said, when the kid is At five or ten, 10 or whatever. Yep. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, I, I maybe I do want to be a part of
2: you know, yep. maybe I or, want to or the,
0: in or you know, it's and it it just seems like it, it could snowball and be a really horrific, thing. yeah, things
2: can definitely shift. I yeah. think that's a really good point. Yeah, even if everybody is on the same page right now, you know, yeah, yeah. um, you got to think that you know, once the kid is born, they're 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 a kid tech, legally for 18 years, yeah, um, you know, I've heard stories of. Single men um, being willing to be a sperm donor, and they're fine with not being involved. They don't sign any paperwork, and then the kid is here, and then they get married, and their new wife all of a sudden they want you know some kind of ownership or you know there's I mean there's just all sorts of different scenarios. That's just like one I'm grabbing, but like it's really important to get um, to get things lined up. It kind of in a similar way that like even with intended parents, if it's a couple. Um, and one, you know, let's say it is two women, you know, and one is giving birth to the child and produce, you know, provided the egg and everything. So they're genetically the mother and the other, uh, you know, the other person is not genetically tied to the child and that couple splits, you know, it's really important to have, uh, the adoption paperwork because the second Parent in that situation, the the um, non gestational parent or the parent that doesn't have the biological tie to the child um, needs to go through whatever adoption procedure, which is really seems really silly that you have to say adoption because yes. you know they might have been very much uh, 100% or 200% yeah. part of the process from the very yeah. beginning, but oh. they still need that legal paperwork um, lined up and still pertaining to whatever matters in this in that state um so that if something happens to the couple down the road um yeah. that they don't have their custody questioned or their their parental rights questioned right. um or things shifted around you know because of that because everything seemed fine when the kid was on the way and then yeah. 10 years later it shifts so. yeah
0: that's that's huge i think that's like i i know so many people that went through that you know and yeah you know you're right it it seems silly because of the word adoption but and you know like what I said to my friend okay okay I get that it feels weird and uncomfortable and oddly impersonal but yeah but you have to look at it as as protecting your your I called it parentage like it's protecting your parentage you know absolutely yeah so
1: Thing in that in that story is just that like she, back then there was no gay marriage that was not uh, legal right so they were uh when they went into court they went into family court at the insistence of the father the sperm donor and the woman the other mom had couldn't be in the courtroom and mm-hmm. she had to wait outside peeking through a little um little space she was able to look through because they covered the window with paper trying to see what was happening for her own life and her own family because there were fights back then and the interesting thing was they did have him in her life like when they were like five years old when they started going to school the two little girls and they knew people had fathers you know they were like well who's our daddies you know right they said well um They wrote letters to the two men and they would go on vacations. Eventually, like I said, the one man just really didn't want to, he wasn't really that attached, but the the one that did want to stay in her, in his daughter's life, they were all friends and they would Mm -hmm. go on vacations together and share a vacation house and everything was fine until like Denise said, his mind, he changed his mind. Right. And And that can never thought he was going to feel so close to this little girl. And then he did. And so then he just really tried finding it. But the uh, unfortunately, what made his um, his would put an urgency on his uh, pursuant of this was that he ended up having HIV. Mm. And he, back then, there was really, you know, it was almost like a death sentence. So he right. knew he didn't have time with her and most of the time he could have spent with her was in court was a legal battle and he didn't get to see her and unfortunately that time got lost for that reason but um it it's just such a different world now and yeah. one of the attorneys that were interviewed uh that was he was one of the representatives for the moms it was two uh a, a legal team of two um attorneys they were law partners uh, they said the even though it was only in the '90s, which doesn't seem that long ago, as That's far true. as LGBTQ rights, <laughs> it was like oh, a, a whole world. different world. Yeah,
2: whole different world. Whole different world. So, and look, that, I mean,
0: think about the fact that you know back then, because you know, gay people couldn't get married. Kids aside, if that person went into the hospital and oh, yeah. had issues like that they wouldn't be allowed in the room. They wouldn't, they weren't considered family. They weren't, you know, so everything really did change in 2013. When did gay marriage pass 2013?
2: Uh, I think it was 2015. The Supreme court thing was 2015.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, like for a lot of us, then that was one of the most important things. You oh, know, absolutely. That was one of the things that, like, I couldn't get past the fact that if something happened to my partner, that I wouldn't be considered. I wouldn't even right. wouldn't get information. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. be able to see, like, you know, because I'm like a total worry wart So I always go to the worst case scenario, and that yeah. was the worst case scenario for me. But I get that people that you know that have even bigger families, not just two of them, but bigger families, kids, whatnot all of a sudden like all that s- stuff is it's at the forefront of your maternal paternal you know instincts that that kick in you 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 want your parental rights protected you want your medical you know Absolutely. abilities protected yeah. and yeah. yeah it's 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 so huge you know and and so when we go, jump it back <laughs> i feel like back and forth jump into the yeah. trans thing
2: yeah I, Oh, yeah, the, that's
0: amount of, the amount of legalities that a trans person has to go to, yes themselves, name changes, I, document changes yeah. and you know, and then to to like I said, add that on top of you know this kind of family law legal uh stuff is is tremendous, like the mental acuity and strength that you have to have. Uh. It, it's it's an absolutely incredible like honestly it's so much respect so much respect unbelievable so do you get um a lot of people like trans making inquiries
2: so I have um I've spoken to several uh trans people I mean I have several friends who are trans who are parents who um became parents before coming out as trans right
0: right, right yep
2: um and and, um, and that's really important to point out, too, because I think that, you know, some people just don't consider trans people parents, like, that's just not a possibility, you know,
0: yeah, um, yeah.
2: and like, there are all sorts of ways that trans people can become parents, actually. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think that's really good to call out. Um, and yeah, I mean, to your point of, yeah, I mean, even, even aside from. A trans person who's interested in conception or a trans person who's interested in building their family as a trans person, um, a trans person who is already a parent, um, yeah, for sure has, you know, um a lot of the same considerations as other queer people of uh wanting to make sure that their parentage rights are protected. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, and like I'm in I'm on the I'm in the trans spectrum, right? So uh, I didn't have any name changes or anything. So I don't know how that works. And I haven't spoken to anybody about that specifically, but like, that would be something that would be, I'm sure something to, uh, to look at. And in fact, I do, I know of one person who had their name changed and then was able to get their name changed on their child's birth certificate. Is not something that you think about having to happen, but, huh. you know, if you stop and think about it, if your legal name changes, you have to have it changed everywhere, right? Because yeah, otherwise yeah. you just changed your legal name and all of a sudden, according to the court or according to the state, you're not that same name anymore, you're, you know, um, yeah, you have to make sure to protect your, your parental rights. And unfortunately, in this uh atrocious political climate regarding trans people specifically and queer people in general um it I think is definitely uh you know something that trans people worry about right yeah um I mean you know there there is that that um I think there is that that fear that hopefully we never ever get to um that you know that some it would be some kind of state sanctioned uh, restriction on, you know, trans people. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. I think it was Japan earlier this year, just recently changed their law so that trans people did not have to be sterilized, oh. you know, which yeah. is like yeah, insane. But then wow. there are a lot of people who also just don't understand that trans people are not necessarily sterile. Right. You know? Right. And like, that's not like something that just happens. Right. It's not even something that happens if you take hormones.
0: Um,
2: I mean, yes, hormones can affect fertility, but that doesn't mean that there are many examples of people um, who, there are examples of trans women who end up getting someone pregnant, you know, Um, there are... Plenty of examples of trans men or trans masculine people who will pause um hormone replacement therapy to carry a pregnancy, right? Yeah. yeah. I love, I always love the term um, what is it, seahorse dad, seahorse daddy, you know? Oh. <laughs> uh, you that's like you know my favorite when that it. was
0: like front page, splashed everywhere. It was like the first anybody had seen or heard of it. And now it's like, I mean, it's not I wouldn't say it's common, but it's not <laughs> heard of now. It's yeah. Important.
2: Yeah. And that's something that I'm definitely trying to get, um, get more knowledge out there about, and definitely something that I'm continuing to learn about more. And luckily, again, there are, um, more resources now for people around trans fertility. Uh, but I think that that is, I think that that is incredibly important on several different levels. I think just for people's general awareness. I also think that for like the hope of the younger generation, who is undoubtedly identifying more openly as gender questioning, gender queer, Nine, trans, yeah. you know, anywhere on that spectrum, yeah. that that doesn't mean that they can't become a parent, you know, right. that doesn't mean that they can't have a family. Yeah. And like, and in no way, I mean, I think adoption is wonderful. And if people want to go that route, that is great. More power to them. There are you Know, I think it's like, um, it's definitely over a hundred thousand kids in the US foster care system right now in need of a home, and queer people are actually far more likely than straight folks to yeah. adopt a child. Um, and so and I mean,
0: adopt a child that might have learning difficulties, yes, or disabilities,
2: you exactly.
0: know, like, yeah, honestly. And do you remember, like, back I got maybe it was in the 90s, but or when did Rosie O'Donnell have her talk show?
2: Oh, In 90s, gosh.
0: Right? Oh, that my was the 90s, wasn't that it? That was
2: the 90s, yeah. Right? And I know she's adopted several children, right? So
0: many. So many. But it was such a struggle because of the state of Florida. Right. The no gays, you know, adoption rule. And she, like, went, fine, you know, like, I'll move. move back yeah, to yeah. New York and was able to do it from there you know, but we've come so far now, which is, uh, you know, such a blessing, but I, I just remember that was probably like one of the first times that I went, like, I never thought about someone saying you can't,
1: for yeah. anything,
0: you know, for anything, but specifically for that, here's someone with, you know, boatloads of money, the, you know, the, the, and, and just an amazing career, but I, also like could give a kid such an amazing life and they were saying you can't and i think that was like really one of the first times that i just was flabbergasted by that you know and because at that time i was living in florida and it was huge it was huge news so yeah i feel like we've come a long way thank god for that because like yes. 100,000 kids in foster care you know and and you still have people that um you know, with their, with their pro-life stuff, you know, like it cracks me up. Right. Don't feed right. them. Don't take care of them. Don't give them a free lunch at school, but you know, right. Know yes.
2: Them. Yes. I know it's, it's a, uh, yeah. Protect the unborn, but without any, uh without any care really for the ones who are already here, you know? Yes.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think people, you know, like you that are championing it and and you're making it easier for people to you know have their resources in one place to do you know to take that first step but also to learn along the way um it's just so commendable it really is you know it really really is so you know a huge thanks uh from us uh you know for for what you do and for taking the time out tonight to tell us about it and to and to get the word out
2: yeah well thank you thank you very much for inviting me on i'm i'm uh just working right now on trying to let people know that the site is there and the resources are there and, uh, marketing is really not my forte. So I'm like really, really trying, but, um, yeah, I've been experimenting is, with some different things. That's
0: one of the reasons we do what we do because, yeah. we, you know, we want to help with that, you know, um, and we are, we're creating our following too. Um, and I think that everybody that gets to learn a little something, you know, just from Watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast, like sure. it's easy, it's easier, you know. You're not opening books and sitting in libraries and everything, it's right there, it's right?
2: Place. Yeah, well, it's one of the be- beautiful things I think about the queer community is you know, I think a lot of people, once they um find that queer community and are comfortable in it, understand that we all uh help each other out, you know, with resources, um, you know, trying to do what we can to just support each other in every way that we can, whether that's through. You know information or supporting queer owned businesses or yeah or you know um in that in does. any way right. because and that's one of the beauties of you know it's one of the beauties of technology, right is yes. that we can be oh yeah, we can be in this virtual room together, right
0: exactly exactly. that's why we love what we do. <laughs> we yeah. can do it from two different countries, that's <laughs> right,
2: yes, it's it's
0: everything yeah, it is well, Jess, thank you so so much. We'll let everybody know go to makinggaby.com. That's right. Uh, Yeah. If you're, if you're remotely interested and if you need to get with either one of us, we'll put you in touch with Jess, or I'm sure there's ways uh, for people to reach out to you through the website.
2: Yeah, there are definitely ways to reach out through the website. We've got um, the Instagram link is on the site. There's a contact form on the site that goes directly to my email. So yes, please yeah, check it out and reach out. Um, I'm happy to to meet people and thank you again for the opportunity to chat tonight. It's been great to get to know both of y'all a little bit. Yes, yes. thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. Have a great night. I like that. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Take care. Why do you always run? Like never stop chasing your dreams.
1: <laughs>
0: we drank way too much whiskey.
2: I do See.